Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods and Viking Heads. Check out Phoenix Rods at phoenixrods.com and Phoenix Rods on Instagram. And check out Viking Heads at Viking Head Bait Co. on Instagram. Uh, yeah, just look it up. Or if, you look, if you look at my feed, you can find it through there. Um, this episode is with The Bite. It's with Jake Clenshaw, uh, Venny Variola, and Wes Pearson. It's the crew from The Bite, all the captains. Uh, it was a great Q&A as well as uh, a little information on Jake and Vinny. They're younger dudes that are sticks that are, are really running a, a legit charter. So if you guys want a book, hit up Wes or hit up The Bite. It's Brandon's um, actual page. And you'll be able to book with them. They're a great charter, great dudes, fun dudes. So please go book with them. They, uh, they're a big supporter of the podcast, so please support them. Um, what do we got going on, guys? Uh, not much. Just been pouring heads. Um a lot of heads paint. I think I'm I'm going to actually this week is going to be the week I go take pictures of everything. So I'm thinking we should have them out by the end of the month. I'm hoping it's been a lot of work. So uh, I hope you guys grab some if you get a chance. Another big announcement. This is going to be, I think, our third time this year or this year, <laughs> our third time at the show. We're going to be at the PCS show. It's going to be the biggest so far. So here's an ad read from them. Bill is a buddy. And uh, he's he's been a big supporter of the podcast from day one. So I want to do a little commercial for him and tell you guys what's going on. So it's the all-new, bigger, and better 13th Annual Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Tackle Boat and Travel Show is March 2nd to the 5th at the OC Fairground and Event Center in Costa Mesa. Tackle fishing, resorts, fishing boats, amazing seminars, March 2nd through 5th at the OC Fairgrounds. Come down and check, check it out. Um... We're going to have a Viking head booth as well, so you'll be able to grab all the, the Viking heads you want there. Uh, we'll have some of the guys that have color uh, ways sitting at the booth for a little bit. Uh, Lana's fine. Uh, Bobby, Kelly, uh, Joe. Uh, I don't know, Caesar if he, if he comes down, I'm sure he'll be hanging out too as well. And I'll also have the podcast booth next to that, so we'll have two going. The Viking will probably be running the Viking head booth if I'm doing podcasts. So, um yeah, come down. It's a great event. It's going to be huge. Last year, it was really big. This year, I, I consider it probably the, the new Fred Hall. 
So, I mean, everyone's going to be there. And they're doing big on freshwater. So, if you guys are big freshwater only, guys, come down because there's going to be a ton of people off the top of my head. I know Finbait's going to be at, at a Tackle Express. Tackle Express is going to be there. Performance Tackle is going to be there. Turner's, ton of good freshwater. I think they're doing seminars. I think Word on the Street Butch is going to be there doing a seminar as well. Uh, Big Rob, I think, on Bottom Dollar possibly. So, it'll be really cool. So, please come down to that. Um so as soon as the new website's up for Viking Head, I'll also be doing Cast and Crank through there. Nothing's going to change. It'll be the same link, kind of. You know, it's just going to be a change in the name. So when you see the click, click in the bio, be Viking Head and Cast and Crank will be on the side. Shirts are going to be up as well. Um, Patreon this month, I already sent out the winners from uh, December. Uh, been lagging. Videos, two videos will be up this week, last week's and this week's on the Patreon. So if you sign up for $5, you get that. Also, this month's sponsor is a couple different ones because it's kind of uh, extra things that people gave me that I held on to for, uh, so I don't have to bug anyone. So this month it'll be, uh, you can get um, Citizens. It's going to be uh, the 7-inch Citizens. It's from, uh, it's Keith's color. So thank you, Keith. It'll be a TK from uh, DRT. That's another thing that was donated from them from a while back. Thank you, DRT. And it will be a Depths 175 from uh, Optimum Depths. So those are the three gifts this month. If you guys sign up, you have a chance at one of those. So please do. Um, I got a lot of great guests lined up salt and fresh. So if you're a saltwater guy, uh, you know, we'll try to figure something out. I want to put salt stuff in the Patreon. I just don't know how many people are signed up. So maybe I'll take a poll. Like, hey, how many guys would like a little option on like a salt reel or something like that? I don't know. Um... Other than that, if you guys can give us a five-star review on iTunes, it's greatly appreciated. Leave a positive review, and uh, we got a ton more uh, good episodes coming out, Freshwater as well. I can't wait. So I hope to see you guys at the PCS show, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing something cool before that. So I hope you guys like this episode. Bye. Those things. <laughs> Prototypes still. <laughs> Fucking headaches. All this is a headache. Um, welcome to Cast and Crank. Today I have the champion sea bass team. <laughs> uh, the bite sport fishing. I have Vinny. What's your last name? Vernola. Jay Clinshaw and Wes Pearson, Captain Windowner. Um, <laughs> Wes came on last year, probably the same time, with the guy that gets bit. Uh, Sikas. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we wanted to do a Q&A, so today we decided to do one with the guys from The Bite. But first, let's go over uh, Jake and Vinny. You've never been on, so we'll kind of start with them and kind of get their background. We'll start with you, Vinny. So, what do you want to know <laughs> from I the did, start? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess from when I was little, I started freshwater fishing with my uncle and my dad, trout fishing. And then more bass fishing with my uncle, um, probably Casitas and Fin and Feather in Palmdale. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Trout fishing there. He bass fished there a little bit. But um, from there, just hitting park ponds and swimming. Did swim you grow bait. up over in Palmdale? No. See me. See me? Yeah. Okay. Grew up in See me and um, pretty much fish cast at growing up uh, during the trout stockings for stripers and stuff so you grew up freshwater fishing then yeah pretty much um honestly not much saltwater fishing till 
I was like 12, 14. Really? Where did you start at when you started saltwater fishing? Just the sport boats out of Channel Islands, kind of like what Jake did, but he started as a kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I didn't really fall in love, I guess you could say, with saltwater until El Nino. You could call me an El Nino fisherman, but um, I bought a boat when I was like 16, a little center console, and would go out every weekend with my buddies and kind of taught myself everything. Where were you? Where were you going out of? with my boat yeah everywhere like wherever the fish how was it it's a little more nautical up towards you guys right mm-hmm. weather sucks <laughs> that's why i'm like so you were taking that little fucking boat out with yeah. that weather yeah there were some times where i was like what am i doing like everyone with a small boat like um but i don't know i just started watching weather after i got my ass kicked pretty hard a couple times um but i didn't really know much for a while but started to learn and Caught some yellows, caught some tuna on my boat, and then I was like, I need I need a bigger boat where I could sleep on. And then I bought a 23 Parker when I was like, I don't know, five, four years ago. How old were you then? Mm, probably nine, eight, 19, okay. 20. So you had the little boat until you got like old enough to really get the big boat. Yeah, and I knew I needed more bait capacity. I needed to go further. And the little boat, you really can't do much past Catalina or Anacapa unless it's a really nice day. I slept at um, Santa Rosa a couple times on it, froze my ass off, and I was like, I need a, I need a cabin. Uh, was it a center console? The little one? boat? Yeah, little 19-foot well-craft. What size engine did you have? Uh, I had a 112 Johnson, okay. but it blew up after the second trip. <laughs> so I repowered it and got a loan and paid 300 bucks a month to have a new motor on it, but that thing got me around everywhere what motor did you put on it a one fifth brand new 115 merc oh nice so it fucking jammed either way yeah so i was chilling i was happy and then i wasn't happy when i found out i needed a bigger boat (laughs) (laughs) so i sold that bought a parker and i started to learn a lot from that um i don't know i guess just studying weather fish reports and stuff and kind of taught myself and slowly got did you have any like mentors like dudes that kind of like guided you when you're like fuck i don't know like about some of the weather stuff or the chloroform charts whatever you guys look at did you have a guy that kind of pointed you right direction kind of jake probably (laughs) mostly yeah (laughs) like he he helped me a lot like so he's your fishing daddy yeah (laughs) he was (laughs) yeah he he helped me a lot um my uncle did he's friends with um a, a guy named bert He's an old-timer. He worked on sport boats and stuff. Fished with him on his boats a bunch. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I kind of slowly learned it on my own. And then, When did you start? When did you jump onto a sport boat and start working as a deckhand? Um, I only worked on one sport boat for a season, which was last year, with Aloha Spirit for Sean. Oh, no way. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. I learned a lot up there, or about Channel Islands up there doing that. Um and actually three, like, no, four years ago, I worked for a private captain, Mike Arujo. I don't know if you know him. No, I don't know many saltwater guys. Um, for just a, a yacht. I worked deckhanded on a yacht okay. with him for a while. Um, so you came in pretty fast to this, like, it's, mm-hmm. to actually being a captain and doing what you're doing now. Yeah. If I didn't have my own boats, I wouldn't have known as much as I do now. But, yeah. So you give more credit to you just grinding and learning on your own than kind of guy because yeah. i've heard different stories where guys like wes you kind of went with aaron right 
when you started? I worked with him for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? To hear guys that come and maybe just grind on their own boat, learn everything, and then move to a sport yeah, boat. Yeah, I learned a, a good amount different. by myself, but definitely working on the sport boat, fishing with Jake, and I don't know. Call, him calling me into bites helped me a lot. <laughs> like, hey, there's there's fish biting right there. Go over there. But just doing that over and over, I learned how to find my own fish eventually and stuff like that. So then why did you uh, come work with a bite? Uh, I don't know. I've always wanted to. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> or what, what led to the fucking job? I don't know. I, I've, I don't always know. Wanted, I've always wanted to. Hey, fix it. Fishing daddy number two. Tom wants to say. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> actually, how did it happen? Brandon just asked you. Yeah, I don't he was know. Joking. Yeah, I thought he was joking. I was going fishing like this was two years ago, probably fishing a bunch. Like he called me in on a bite at Catalina like two winters ago. Yellows biting on the backside, and Jake was like, "Yo, there's big yellows biting. Like, come out here on my boat, like just with my buddies for fun on a weekend." Yeah. And Brandon would, <laughs> I was cooking burgers on my boat, and Brandon was on the other boat, and I was like, "Jake, you want some burgers?" Brandon like hits us on the radio like, oh, you guys are just cooking burgers out here now. He said he talked some shit. Well, that's before I even knew Brandon. Yeah. But um, yeah, Brandon was like, yo, come work and come work with us. And I, th- I thought he was joking. I was like, yeah, right. He's not just gonna tell me to come work with him. But yeah, I don't know. I I was like, all right, if you're serious, I'm down. And then I started working with him a little bit. And how nerve wracking was that when you first? I mean, that's not just like, hey, I just got this little charter business. It's like a prestigious name, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people go after sea bass for that person and that yeah. charter. Was it like, fuck, this is, I got to hold my own, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was I was tripping for a while. And I like, I jumped right into getting my license for this. Mm-hmm. Actually, Sean wanted me to get my license too, to like second the Aloha okay. with Pat um, and the gray light. And don't talk about that name, Pat. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I tried for fucking three years to get him on. Then I see him on the CCA podcast. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, they cornered me, dude. I'm like, I get it, dude. Yeah, they did. No, it but on he's, the- he's one that I've tried to get on for a long time. I know he's really good captain. Mm-hmm. Up there, so. Yeah, he's cool. I love him. Yeah. Um, and what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So Sean wanted me to get my license. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm down. I've always wanted to work in fishing. I've done other stuff. And I don't know, fishing was it for me. Um, so I got my license, or I was in the works of getting my license when Brandon asked me. And I was like, I kind of want to do that. Like, I like the different, like, swordfish tuna, sea bass. I don't really want to be stuck catching rockfish most of the time. Yeah, they, sea bass fishing is really good up there. But um, I wanted the the different options and more skiff fishing. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't have much experience fishing on sport you, boats. You so. seem like you, you're you more like the experience of like a one-on-one, like one-on-three mm-hmm. people. And small you know? boat. Yeah. Like I was already used to small boat fishing with my boat. Yeah. So I knew I could do it, but yeah, that's what made me decide to go with them. And do, you, do you remember your first trip? Yeah. Was, How did that go? I was in April at Catalina. <laughs> I was shitting myself. <laughs> like, how, how many times did he call you guys? Oh, we weren't even there. No. Well, yeah. kid, when you're fucking, like, on that first trip on your own, do you guys, like, say, if you got an issue, hit me on the radio? Or do you say, fuck it, you're done? It's Channel 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean issues like, say you're trying to find the fish or oh, no, say there's, like, you know, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know how it works. Do you say, you're the captain now, you're fucking out? 
pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. you oh, just wow. get pushed I mean, right into it. <laughs> even if we told them where we caught them yesterday, there's a good chance you're not going to get them there yeah. again the next day. So. Yeah. so do you go write your own game plan out? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, before you start your job, you know what you're going to do. You know the plan. You go, okay, I'm going to go for they want to see white sea bass. I'm going to in this area. Are you at home researching? Going, okay, I know the weather's been like this around here. I'm going to hit this spot. Or are you kind of just do it off the fucking back of your hand? Kind of both. I feel like if Wes and Jake were fishing a zone one the day before and they didn't catch anything or they caught something, obviously we're going to focus or not focus on that spot. But kind of depends when you round the corner and see the conditions. If you don't see the right conditions, you're not going to stop. You kind of just have to – every day is different. you got to mm-hmm. find the right conditions and stuff. So Plus we took him – all of us took him as like rode along with us on trips before we turned him loose. So mm-hmm. he got a really good lay of the land and where we like to fish and how you like to set up on the different spots. So it's not like he just jumped in. And oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That helped a lot too. Like without them showing me like, all right, this rock or this kelp line, you set up in this depth with this current, like a normal person would not know that. Angles, a lot of angles too, right? See, it's like, I feel like every time, I'm listening to people talk about angles. Mostly it's freshwater guys. You guys, a lot of you freshwater fish as well. I mean, you do you still try to fish a lot? What? No, I haven't been. In I'd like to, but is I that, just haven't. Is that had the because time. you're in love, fully in love now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Last time you were in love, dude, when you came on. Yeah, she's still around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys, I mean, you too. You grew up. For, your dad's a fucking guide. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like even Brandon's like. Largemouth bass, dude. Like, that's the deal. And it feels like a lot of the guys that do the white sea bass thing, the green bass helps a lot. Yeah. I could see that for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that's like the angles thing is a big deal. I want, there's a question. I got a ton of questions. But, <laughs> um, let's move to Jake because we have a lot of questions. I want to hit them all. And uh, you kind of talk about your upbringing and uh, like your father helped you out a lot, right? Yeah. My, I mean, my Probably dad's been on here. A little. Sorry. Um, there you go. And then it keeps falling. Just tighten it as hard as you can. Is that good? Yeah. Um, so my dad's been on here a few times. Uh, he's a bass guide for uh, Casitas and Castaic up north. That's where I'm from originally, too. Um, pretty much my whole upbringing and history is in uh, Channel Islands, like Camarillo, just outside Ventura, if you're not familiar with the area. And, uh, like, my whole background is, is up there and involves the Channel Islands pre- working for bite. Um, I started fishing early, super, super small. And I was like, I was like two or three with my dad. And, uh, he just, I know one of the, I'll save that for one of the questions I saw, but, uh, anyways, he, he started taking me when I was super young. He would just bribe me with all the chips and candy. Yeah, and that's all that say. <laughs> <laughs> the best idea, best yeah. advice ever, dude. <laughs> for sure. I would definitely <laughs> recommend that. And pretty soon I didn't need it. Um, but it was all mostly casitas and I kind of caught like the tail end of that, like big bass era. I didn't know what was going on then. I was too small, but I mean, I, I remember pieces of it. And uh, I never saltwater fished up there until I, was, I think I was 10. My dad brought me on the speed twin for the first time as a, just a half day trip. And it was pretty cool. And that, after that, it was full saltwater. That's all I could think of all the time. And uh, I would I would save up my money and uh, save up my money and just ju- go jump on a sport boat. Like my when my mom or my dad would drop me off super early in the morning. And uh, they would pick me up at the end of the day. It was crazy. <laughs> um, but that was 
a different time as well. Like. Yeah, it was definitely different. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was kind of the perfect scenario, really, when I couldn't go anywhere. It's not like I was getting in trouble or anything. And your dad probably knew everyone on the fucking boat. Like, yeah, you know? he, he already knew those guys yeah. by that time. Um, but it was cool. Like, from doing that, I, I got a – they just offered me a job one day uh, on the Island Spirit, Jesse Martinez. He's not up there. Uh, yeah, and that's where I started. I started pinheading, and that was – like 2012, I think, or 2011, 2012, like the, which was like the golden age of sea bass, basically the, the, the really good squid years that we had for beach fishing. And, uh, so I was cool. I was, I was still young then. And I, I saw all that stuff and like, that's where kind of, I, I got started and kind of running off from there. Uh, but I followed, I worked on Island spirit for a couple seasons and we, we, our whole crew shifted to channel on sport fishing after that. Um, when Jesse bought the speed twin. So we all started working half day. Um, which was cool. It was how totally old were you at this time when you were working half day? Like when you when you became a deckhand, how old were you? Fourteen. Can you be a deckhand now at fourteen? You could, yeah. You could no, still. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that I. I mean, I think like a year or two ago, I heard someone say like you got to be sixteen now or something. I don't know. I had like a work permit when I was okay. fifteen through my high school, but I don't. Whatever. You're still getting paid. Like you're. I was still cutting yeah, fish and stuff. Yeah. But uh, now nah, I. I I don't know. It's diff- It's hard to find that now, too. There's not as... Back then, there was like... You mean these fucking punk-ass kids? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's way more people who wanted it back then, but just different times. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? And you're like an in-betweener where you're still young enough to kind of relate to idiots like my 18-year-old son fucking house, <laughs> her pangina. And uh, <laughs> R.I.P. J. Chris, dude, giving him that name, dude. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? What do you see yeah. different with the younger... The younger uh, generation, like I know. don't know, dude. Honestly, it's just different now. It, it I don't know. It's, it's weird. I mean, I'm not gonna say like back in the day. Like I'm still young. Like I didn't, I didn't even see a piece. But of you have. Your, this is another thing. I always say this. Your fishing experience is a is a lot. Yeah. Because like, you could meet kids like Evan Salve, like uh, or Seth Meyer Swanger, like dudes where you go. It's fucking little twerp, you know. But he's been fishing since he was like really hard fishing since he was ten. So he's got you know. 14 years of experience, 15 years, that's pretty good. Mm, right, yeah. So a lot of the times when you get these old fucks going, kid, I've been fishing 40. How many times you fish a week? How many times are you actually out fishing, not getting drunk and fucked up like me? Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, So it's like don't – you can't really say, well, you know, back in the day, well, for you, you've experienced a lot of this, so don't take that away from yourself, you know? Yeah, I get that. For yeah. Sure. So that's why I'm asking your opinion because I feel like you have the experience to speak on that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I don't even know what would – what would change that? I mean, every, nobody wants to work nowadays. It's different, but um, I don't know. Back then, it was. I feel like everybody just you, you wanted that. You obviously you'd see the guy, the, the kids that would come and go. Like they wouldn't last very long or whatever. Um, couldn't handle the workload or getting yelled at. I think it ultimately just comes yeah, down to getting at, yelled yeah. at, dude. <laughs> People are very sensitive. What you can yeah. take. I don't know. We took a lot of crap, which was fine, and like it, it sucked. Like you, you hate it then, but dude, for. For nowadays, like it, that helped so much, like all the constructive criticism and well, it's like, like working being anal about stuff. You know? Yeah, same yeah. thing. That's the only way they can deal with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, he a, is he a cunt when you guys are on the boat? No. Does he yell a lot, guys? No, no. we're not on the same boat. <laughs> Wait, have you worked on the boat with him ever? With Wes? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was he a fucking asshole when you work with him? No, <laughs> no, he's cool. See. <laughs> He tries to come off like he's a jerk. He's such a it nice d- sweetheart. It depends if you're catching him or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he catches him a lot, so I don't, I don't see that side. <laughs> so you decked down until uh, – I remember your dad saying you, you were like one of the younger captains out of the landing. 
Yeah, I got I, I worked deck um until I was 18, 18, 18 years old. I, I started doing all my license stuff. And I worked I worked with Jesse Martinez that whole time up until then. Um from the time I was like 13 all the way up oh, to shit. then. Yeah. And uh same same crew. I worked with Timmy Perez and Jesse Martinez mostly through those whole times. And uh he wanted me to get my license then. I wanted it too. Um, just as a relief and whatever. So me and Tim went at the same time. He was he was older, but uh, I got I did all my stuff when I was eighteen, and then on my nineteenth birthday I submitted it, which is when you're yeah. legally allowed to get it. So and that's pretty early because dudes probably wait a little longer to get it, right? Yeah, that was definitely. Is early there a lot then. of nineteen year old captains? Now it's easier to get your license before now. Like everybody wasn't. has it. Yeah. Before it I wasn't. think there's a lot of guys that have their license, but they're not. They're still graduating. Through yeah, the, yeah, the definitely levels, makes know. sense. Most Damn. most of the big boats have several licenses on. Okay, you know you got to right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Do you so after you got your license, were you uh, backup captain then? Yeah, okay. I just jumped straight into it after that. Wow. Yeah, I was pretty. How cool. comfortable were you when you did that? Because you've been on that boat so fucking long, right? I mean, I was. It was completely different, different <laughs> world. I was. I was so nervous, dude. It was crazy. What, what's yeah. <laughs> All right, go for it. Uh, so like when I first started on the boat, it was. I mean, I was just running backup and relief, but. I remember the first the first trip by myself. I was like, "Wow, this is this is pretty gnarly." <laughs> and as soon as I shoved off the dock, I didn't care what happened the, for the whole day. How many fish we caught? I just was thinking, I was like, "Just don't look like an idiot parking the boat." <laughs> <laughs> the I got this whole this huge boat, like thirty some people on it. I was like, "Dude, I didn't care what happened. I just wanted to not look like an idiot parking when it came back." Did you get a, Did you get time to practice to park it before? Yeah, a little okay. bit. I mean, yeah, I was definitely like I would, the first time I ever parked it was completely by myself, and it was actually when Jesse wasn't there. It was pretty funny because uh, I fueled with one of our relief or relief captains. He's like, "All right, today I'm going to teach you how to park the boat." I was like, "Okay, cool." And uh, he's like, "I'm going to go and tie you." It was just me and him on the boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went down, untied me, pushed the boat away, and just waved at me. And he's like, <laughs> all right. and I saw him like motion, like, "All right." I'm going to go tie you back up. But I was, I was tripping out for a second. I was like, dude, I have to, like, like I have to now. Like, I can't mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody else on the boat. So that was like what threw me into it. But then after I did it, it was like, I parked it fine. And got you feel like that's a good learning experience though, most of the time for everyone. If you just say, go fucking do it. Dude, that was the do best it, way, honestly. You learn. Yeah. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. for sure the best way for me, at least. No, I get it. I, I remember when I got my first boat, like 12 years ago, my brother-in-law, he, he runs a tow truck company. So he knows how to back up like semis, everything. I know how to do shit. So we went fishing and I came home and I lived on a skinny street. It took me an hour to get the fucking boat in. <laughs> They're drinking beers laughing at me. And I'm fucking <laughs> screaming. The cars are honking so the stressful. horn. Just keep driving circles around the block. They're all fucked up laughing at me. I'm like, but then I learned. It was mm-hmm. like, then it was quick. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I mm-hmm. think that's one of the best ways to learn. So how long did you cap, uh, were the captain on the boat for then? Um, I can't remember exact dates for a little bit on there. I was on there for like a year Okay. and I was running it pretty consistently, like a few days a week and the days I wasn't running it. I was, I was working deck. I would just relieve for Jesse. I mean, it would go through stretches. Like he would work for a while and then I would work for a few days for him or however it played out. I don't know, but probably like a year. And then I went to, uh, I started to kind of mix it up and like run a relief for everybody else. Like, Other boats that are in the landing. Yeah. Okay. Like I did, uh, um, like you're in the Ernaby and like like a bunch of the other boats that were there just just to like like I would be on there for one day or something, and uh, or like I'd run a second captain for the overnight boats or however it worked out, and then I ended up working on the Pacific Dawn for a bit because uh, that was when Pat Cavanaugh had it, and uh, he just bought his Albacore boat then, 
so he he, uh, he needed a second captain for like almost a full season. So I committed to them for a year, and I worked for on the Pacific Dawn for a bit then. And uh, that was pretty cool. I hated the overnight fishing. It sucked. <laughs> you're, you're never on land. Yeah. But uh, I saw a lot of cool stuff, and that was actually when we started fishing uh, the big blue fin on the kite. So that's where I got all, like a lot of my knowledge from that. Oh, learning on that boat. Huh? Yeah, okay. like when it when all that first started, like when we first started fishing the dead flyers and that kind of stuff. So that was that was pretty cool. Like I didn't know it then, but that would help me huge for the job I took after that. And then I came back from there after my my time I was up on there. I came back and uh, I started running relief for just a bit again. I started I was back on the speed twin for a bit, and uh, that's when Wes hit me up. He's like, "Hey, we're we're looking for a position, and uh, would you be interested?" I was like, "Hell yeah." <laughs> Was uh, before it took some arm twisting? Did it? Yeah. <laughs> Just called his dad and told him, "Hey, tell your fucking kid to work." <laughs> um, did you is is a uh, sea bass your deal though? That as well. Yeah, definitely. That's what I. That's what I. I mean, when I the, for my first all my early years, that's all we did. Like when I was working okay. on spirit, I feel like that's all we did. We were you were either fish sea bass uh, or calico bass, and that was it. We yeah, we now we're else. talking calico. <laughs> He's like, get the fuck out of here, Nick, with that shit. I felt bad. I had to kill a big one, dude. I felt really bad. Was it delicious? It was fun. I, you, was like I said, off. if you guys watch The Simpsons, when Homer had to kill his pet lobster and he's crying eating it. Pinchy. Pinchy. Thank God old guys are here. <laughs> but, I mean, so, you, Wes, you kind of had, had an idea, like, he'd be a good fit because you knew. I thought so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew he had some game and plenty of experience and young enough to deal with the grind that we go through. So, I thought he'd fit right in. Yeah. I know it was a big big jump for him but once yeah, he once he took different. the jump he didn't have did you want to stay back. on the, the sport boat did you like working on him i liked it i just liked the idea of having the versatility of like how you fish something different the sport boats are great i mean let's feel like that's a lot of most people's background but you just become like such a slave to like the same thing mm-hmm. which is fine but i mean dude there's so many days like you'd want to there'd be something biting like sea bass or whatever and you want to go fish it but you're like trying to feed the masses basically like 10 percent of the people in the boat actually want to do it other people don't want to do it. They just so. want fish to eat. Yeah, yeah and it's, makes sense. it's tough. I wanted so, like that was super intriguing when that when that opportunity came up to like actually do something different. Yeah, but now you fish. You guys fish the whole coast. Are you down in San Diego? Are you you're everywhere? We're all over. Yeah, we're all yeah. over. I live in San Diego now, but we. I mean, we jump around. Like yeah. this time of year, we starting. We'll be in Long Beach for, for like a few months up until oh, probably really? April. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. give it away, guys. Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you don't like Long Beach, Wes? No, that's that's where I fish. Yeah. I've seen you there before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we'll start getting these questions because Wes, we, we've had him on enough. This fucking asshole. <laughs> How was your year? It was good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Bluefin. What's a big bluefin you caught? Big sea bass. I didn't get any like giant like earth shattering fish this year. I think like two hundred fifty pounds, probably nice biggest one. Yeah. But caught a handful of those and bunch a bunch of 100 to 120 pounders so yeah it's still there then it's not slowing down yet i don't think so i was just no. seeing the sport boats that are down a couple hundred miles are absolutely beating them up right now yeah so you know i'm i'm imagining we're gonna have another really good year that's good we were just talking about that earlier i'm like when do you think it's gonna end hopefully never yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm right i mean who knows? I mean, but I'm just, I mean, at least you guys are have a versatility to kind of do some other shit as well. Cause I was just going like, it's going to be kind of fucked when these guys that only chase bluefin have these parkers and stuff and they're, what they can do with them, you know? 
Not my problem. <laughs> I guess I'll be in the fucking. Uh, I'll be looking for a parker then when people are selling. There you go. <laughs> um, I guess we'll start on these questions. I'm gonna yell at my wife to get me a pen and paper. So we'll pause right now. Really? <laughs> What's the biggest calico you guys caught? White sea bass fishing. I caught like an eight pounder or something at Newport Reef. That's my PB. And fucking seal ate it. <laughs> Did you? I didn't eat it. The seal ate oh, it. Oh, you let him eat it. <laughs> Yeah. Wes, gosh, I dude. threw it right to his mouth, yeah. I know that's what you would do. <laughs> I would have taken home and eaten it if I knew the seal was going to eat it. Gosh, it's the, I think that's one of my favorite fish to eat. Calico? So yeah. good. Right? Eat some white so sea bass. Good. I like white sea bass, too. It's better. You do? You like white sea bass better? Than anything. My wife loves it because she said it tastes more like chicken to her. <laughs> it does, you know? I don't know. Who fucking knows? Put it in the shake and bake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start these fucking questions. Fucking assholes over here. <laughs> See, I don't know if these are jokes. Who knows? Maybe you guys have done this before. Uh, I am JFC. Jeff, I know who he is. Do white sea bass eat Texas rig cinco's? Have you ever tried it? No. No? I'm sure they do. At yeah, some point catch they them would. in the harbor on those all the time. True. <laughs> um, let's see. Every time I tell someone not to try something, it, it, it works. works. So I just What's the like... weirdest shit you guys have caught in white sea bass on? I already know his. What? The bucktail one this year? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No way. Was it a decent one? Yeah. Yeah. We were catching them on squid, and it was one fish limit, and this guy got his fish, and he's like, I'm just going to try this. <laughs> and I was like, all right. You know, it was like, the cha- <clears throat> it looked very similar to what they're fishing up at the Channel Islands, but it was like the wrong body on the wrong head. It was like a, like a, like a bass jig with a skirt, you know? Yeah. And he just whipped it out, put it in the rod holder. And like walked away from the rod, and the rod tips just like doo, 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 bouncing. I'm like, dude, I think you got something on there. I couldn't believe it. You know, it was like first cast, Fuck, dude. And he, the, there was no drag on the reel, so he like never even got tight to it till he like tightened the drag up, and then it started peeling line. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it worked. <Dude. laughs> that was a wide open bite, though, was it or no? No, really? No. Oh shit! No, we had to work. We got our fish that day, but we had to work hard at it. Fuck. What's the weirdest you got, Jake? Mm, nothing too, just I've, the hubs i've seen it like when they're really biting they're eating like bare lead heads and stuff oh really it, yeah Fuck, dude jerk same baits. thing yeah i haven't nothing crazy maybe no. a jerk bait in the surf really but that's not weird are you fishing from the surf too you you used to one day i like me and my buddies stumbled upon it um somewhere in malibu and it was like every day for like two weeks you could catch illegal in the surf i like, lost like a by like a 40 inch in the surf in crystal cove a long time ago just burnt the spot. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you sent it back for us. <laughs> um, here's here's one. This is from uh, I don't know. This Ernie Gorham. Sound right? No. I don't know. I heard back in the day uh, there was a lot of a lot more white sea bass at La Jolla. Is this true? If so, <clears throat> is it uh, just due to the lack of kelp that's there now that's affecting it? And it was probably squid oriented, I'm sure. Yeah. Like when there's squid nests there. There used to be a ton more kelp there, though. I know there's still a lot in Point Loma, but that kelp line's hard to fish. Now it is. It, well, it's just very generic. It's very straight, yeah. you know. Um, I know the divers do love it. Get get plenty of fish <laughs> out of there every year, but uh, <coughs> yeah, La Jolla used to be awesome. But I think it has to do with, you know, we've had such hot water the last five, six, seven years that all of our kelp you know that we're usually fishing 
on the beach is pretty much non-existent anymore, and La Jolla is the same way. Crystal you know? Cove is the same way. It used to be good, man. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, it, there there could be tons of fish swimming through there, and I know that people still catch them there every year, but if there's nothing there to hold them where they can, like, kind of set up shop and feel comfortable and do the, whatever they're doing, they're just going to keep keep moving. True. Same for you guys. You never yeah. really fished it much, huh? Not down there, no. no. I haven't no. fished it much, no. Okay. Um, this is from Giggs LA. I know you know him. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best way to catch a perch without snagging a white sea bass? <laughs> Easy. Fish the best looking live squid that you have in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> the little jacked up piece of nothingness of the laying on the deck. Did he catch a lot of perch with you guys or what? We always. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Every trip. Oh, here's a really good one. This is from Smorg. Shane Morgan. I know him. Uh, hiring a sportwear captain is a complex decision. Experience, qualifications, and certifications, safety procedures, and customer service protocols are important. Which of these are the most important to the bite? Or do you, you guys feel is the most important to the bite? Safety is always first before anything. But I mean, customer service after that. Too. Second. Yeah. Like it's, all, it's all learning experience with us, I feel like. In like the sense that like the customers do everything versus like you're like, we're not hooking handing really. And you want them to enjoy you to come back to, you know, yeah. like you can't be a fucking asshole and expect yeah, exactly. them, right? Right. Definitely need a little bit of everything, all of that though. Yeah, for sure. It's a you put your game it. face on sometimes, Wes? I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's the, the, you know, no matter what, whether we catch fish or not, or everyone catches one or not, the idea is that they had a good time regardless, and hopefully they'll come back and try again if they were unsuccessful or whatever so yeah customer service is definitely something that we have to keep in mind every day this is a, another one from gigs uh i know you guys have caught white sea bass on surface irons have you ever caught them on the kite or mad mac <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you got him laughing today <laughs> all right this is from a real piece of shit bobby martinez mm. Why are the coastal sea bass on the beach much uh, bigger than the island fish? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. That's a good question. Yeah, that is I'm a not question. sure. I mean, I've definitely caught sublegal fish on the coast. Um, but when we're fishing them and that's why we're there, that's usually a much bigger grade of fish than you would expect to catch at the islands. Uh, and I, I don't have an answer for that. No. No. I like it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Short runs and big Have you fish. noticed anything, Jake? 
I don't, yeah, I don't know what would make the difference. No. You know, you've seen smaller fish, like when you, you catch them accidentally, like calicobass fish and stuff. Um, I, I don't know what would make a difference though. Like why are they like statistically more bigger on the beach? Yeah. I'm not sure, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great answer guys. <laughs> uh, here's a good one uh it's uh quindiana jones this is uh, do you know him Mm-mm. no <laughs> it's great names though right <laughs> i can't wait for some of these other ones that are really bad <laughs> uh this one says what is the ideal water temperature for catching white sea bass and how important is current if the current is important what side of the current do you want to be on one final question, and I feel like this is a really good one. Are moon phases important when catching white sea bass? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. All that, yeah. 60, uh, 63 is my favorite. It's my favorite water temp. You can catch anything in it, mm-hmm. um, especially sea bass. The current, you want to be up current of everything. If you're below, if you're down current of it, your blind's just going to go away from all the structure and everything. You just want to be like up current of whatever you're fishing, whether it be a kelp line or squid bed whatever i would say the always up current yeah unless you're jake yeah they catch him backwards <laughs> <laughs> he's good at that huh <laughs> why are you sitting there i don't know we're catching him <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's the truth though too is if you don't try some new shit you'll never know you got it right mm-hmm. yeah but yeah um, all that's important definitely you gotta I, we've all caught them in slack current but the days where we've really got them it's because everything lined up yeah you know you had good moon you know you had fish moving in you have good current time of day can be important that's not necessarily first thing in the morning but if you know when they're biting you want to be there you know at that time and uh so yeah if you don't have all the pieces to the puzzle you may pick one and make a mental note and come back when the conditions are good and then you could be done in 10 minutes you do moon phase is another thing. Do you look for a, an ideal moon phase or? It definitely plays a role, but you know, if we only fished on the the six good days a month, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't have a business. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we catch them in all all times, all phases. Uh, but yeah, if you were on a private boat and you had a limited time, um, that's definitely something to pay yeah. attention to. Yeah, I feel that can relate for every type of fishing, though. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And people miss out on that a lot. Like even uh, in your lake. Like in lakes, moon phase even plays somewhat, mm-hmm. you know? Of course. Yeah, and, you know, like everybody, you know, we have to go fish. We want to go fish as many days as we can. But if you had a private boat and you, you know, you've got five days a month or four days a month earmarked and you say, okay, these are the days I'm going because the moon's right, you could get out there and there's no current or it's windy or some other variable that you didn't, um, account for, and then now you've lost two of your days. So it's, in my opinion, it's just better to go when you can go. Yeah. If you have a tough day, there's nothing wrong with that. You're going to learn a lot more from a tough day searching new areas and than you would if you just showed up, dropped the anchor, and caught your fish and went home. You Makes know? sense. Current direction too, like which way it's going. I learned a lot. I learned a lot from them. Like when they were showing me before I started, like you need to sit here with this direction of current because. If it's going the other way, I'm just not going to catch it. And that's per spot, right? It could be per spot. spot, Yeah, yeah. like every spot. Some spots fish both ways. Most spots fish really well with the current going a certain direction. And you don't always get like a perfect 
straight line current. A lot of times it's at an angle or it's bouncing off the reef or something. And so where you sat in perfect conditions where you put your anchor down might be completely different depending on which way your lines are going. Cause that's really all you're trying to do is get your lines to go to the spot. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily just put the boat there mm -hmm. and then cast way out the other way. You want it to go right back into what we, you know, what we call like the front door basically. So yeah. we want to, when those fish are swimming by or swimming out of the kelp or whatever it is, we want our bait to be right there first thing that they see and hope, yeah. make it an easy decision for them, you know? <clears throat> Makes sense. This one's from uh, SoCal Hook Setters. This is for all three. What are your current opinions on the breeding program with white sea bass here in SoCal? Positive, negative, environmental impact. Also, have you guys caught and, and tagged any yourself? If, if so, I'm sure uh, the gather information is amazing. Can't wait to hear it. My whole take on the breeding program, and you know, obviously it's a great idea. I can't speak for the whole thing because I've only seen the Channel Islands one. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a macat and Redondo, I think. But the only my familiarity is the Channel Islands one, and uh, it was kind of a bummer up there because we used to park next to it. Actually, when I was on the beach, when you, our slip was right next to it, and it was a great, it was a great idea, like great program. Like they raise them until they're big enough to like to swim around, like like they're self sufficient. The only flaw i would see with that was that they would raise them and when they would go to release them they would just open up the gates and release them the harbor and that fish they literally they raised it the only thing that it knows is that pen and being associated with feeding there so they would open the gates like oh great like release the sea bass day and uh for like three days after that they'd have all these thousands of fish that they just released just sitting trying to get back into that pen while all yeah. the seals and everything are just wiping them out so I was like, it, it's a great idea, but the execution of it just. So if you're like, have like a thousand fish, you're going to think maybe a mm hundred, -hmm. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Get out and actually grow up, maybe. And that's something that adds up. But like, even if you were to just put them on a sport boat or like a yacht or anything, just take them right outside the harbor or I like a mile a down the beach. Point. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. At Challenge, they just open it up, which is cool. But it's like you spend all that time. You might as well just release them with the island or something like do something different with them. That's your experience. You, Dana points a little different, huh? Yeah, I know that they'll put the, like, they'll use, like, the Sun Fun and some of the other boats, and they'll put the small sea bass in the bay tank and then drive them out the harbor okay. and release them there. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Mm -hmm. but That's a, they, I've never seen that up there. I know. They must have done that in Newport where they, they just released it, uh, them because <clears throat> we used to catch the shit out of small That's sea bass it. in we the harbor. catch them in the Dude, harbor. Dana <laughs> Point would catch the shit a little, yeah. like, a lot. But I know Eric, uh, you know Fishhead that paints? Uh-huh. He was, used to do the YC Bass program down in uh, San Diego. And he talked. He had a podcast where he talked about it a little, but they're real hands-on down there. But like I, you're saying, if they had some better release method, it'd be great. I'm not sure if anything bad comes from it. Yeah, there's uh, definitely no <clears throat> negative. But, I mean, it sucks that that much time's put into it for a little return, yeah. you know? And that's not – I can only speak from up there because that's only what I've seen. Like, I mean, if they do that in Dana Point, wherever, I'm sure that's that's great. I mm -hmm. mean, that's, that's how it should be, I feel like. But that's just from what I've seen up there. This is a great question. This is from Eric Mason. Uh, dude, Jake, do you remember wearing the pink bikini on the speed tour? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall a pink bikini. At least I'd probably block that out or something. But they used to dress me up all jacked up on Did there and just really? rolled with it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <at> assholes. <laughs> um, I guess this is, uh, this is from Bite My Lure, if you guys know who that is. Why is the balloon method so effective for sea bass fishing, and would it 
be essentially something like the float and fly method. Is a dolphin head something that re- uh, he recommends over a banana head? Hmm. I'm not sure what the dolphin head is. That's the get that's them. like the, the get them. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like the get some. That's, I like that's pretty them, much yeah. all I fish. Yeah. Yeah. They hold the bait a little heads. better than the banana head. Yeah. Same. What about the, I don't know what a balloon method or a, is for a sea bass? What is it? So basically, it's like a bobber. Really? Yeah. So you measure out however whatever di- distance you want your bait to be under the surface, and then you just tie on a balloon. Or if you, we use floats. Um, they basically accomplish the same goal, but it just keeps your bait. Awesome. So if you know you're in 60 feet of water, but the majority of the fish are swimming through at 20 feet, you can just set your bait so it'll be at 20 feet, and you just leave it out and leave it in the rod holder. And when it gets bit, it gets bends over <laughs> so it's a it's a great it's a great tool but it doesn't work in all scenarios especially not at the islands because there's so much um bass and perch and a lot of bycatches and so you know most of those fish don't have a mouth big enough to get the hook in their mouth so you, you cast it out turn your back you might not have any bait on it at all so if you're not constantly checking your bait it's like you're, you're just you're fishing not doing with the shit yeah, yeah so <laughs> You know, it has its time and place for sure. Great. So it's like a float and fly method, pretty much. Same shit. Same. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And you guys all like to get some over the banana? I'll use the banana head yeah, as well. Yeah, I'll use them, whatever. Do you have a special way you like to rig the banana head or anything like that? It's just the no. same thing. Sew it on there as many times <laughs> as you can. Ball it up. Burger on a hook, yeah. <laughs> um, this is from uh, Sean Anderson. Fish on guide services. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he put something funny on there. That was uh, the coldest I've ever been. Y- is sure. it really? Oh my god! I almost told him to take me. I back. think you told me about that. Yeah, yeah. I was so cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, this is from Mexican mongoose. Why is it that some guides and private boaters don't even risk uh, taking a fart and fear scaring off the white sea bass, but the sport boats pull up with a bunch of loud, drunk-ass kooks and living out with double digits their first spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, noise is certainly a factor. Uh, sea bass are certainly susceptible to noise. I've witnessed that firsthand spearfishing. Uh, but I think that that really comes into play when the, when you're fishing super shallow or... The fish are super high in the water column, uh, but if you're in, you know, 40 to feet or deeper, you know, that water is deadening a lot of the noise, I think. And, you know, we try to be as quiet as we can, but, you I know, think it's overrated for sure. We've also had 60 pounders flopping on the deck and there's still fish biting, you know, mm-hmm. so. Do you guys play the radio for the customers if they want it or no? No. 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 You're not like, yeah. No. If it is low, you're not blasting. Yeah. It. Okay. Well, makes sense. Yeah. So do you feel like a lot of those times those sport boats are going deeper and that's why they're catching because it doesn't really fucking matter because... It can be. I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand too, like a working on Island Spirit. That's like, dude, they called it the Sea Harley. Like it was the loudest one up there for sure. And uh, it, I think it's it, they sound a lot worse on top of the water than they actually do under it. Um, just because they're a lot of them are wood boats and they're absorbing most of the noise. Like it, it, a lot of the okay. noise is not making it that down. I mean, I'm sure some is obviously like you have two diesel engines and a, a generator and whatever, but dude, we, we've caught them super shallow on that thing, like 15, 20 feet of water. And you're like casting up on the beach and you're still catching them. I feel like it could 
matter on like the mood. Like you catch them in the time they're just feeding, spawning, True. and they just yeah. don't give almost a, a little fuck. bit of luck in that one. Then huh? yeah. depends on their. Yeah. Mood I think it's better sure, to like. like be as quiet as you can. But yeah, I wouldn't be super anal about you know tiptoeing around the boat or yeah. anything like okay. that. Yeah. Um. Uh. This is that one's. No, <laughs> this one is funny. It's gonna make me laugh because I'm gonna say it anyway. Who would win in a fight, Brandon or Dave Hanson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. He hates me, dude. So, <laughs> um, let's see. This is a good one. What tide is the best for white sea bass fishing? What tide? Whenever they're biting, it doesn't yeah. matter. Tides don't matter much for you. It does, but it's variable. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Some years they seem to really like the new moon. Some years they really seem to like the full moon. Sometimes they like it incoming. Sometimes they like it going out. But kind of like what I said before, as far as we go, like if we know they're biting on a certain tide, we're definitely going to try to be at our what we think is our best spot and mm-hmm. sit through the tide. But we're not like not going fishing because the tide doesn't line up or whatever like that, you know, you know, for your, for your trip. So, um, that feels like a lot of people are like looking into too many factors to just go fish. Yeah. You know there's, what I'm saying? There's a lot, there's a thing. lot. Yeah. I mean, it's important and you know, we try to t- keep notes of all that stuff. Do you uh, have a book you keep notes in? I used to now it's kind of Mental. like, I, yeah, I mean, you wrote it, it enough. It's like, you don't fucking need it. Right. Yeah, I mean, if there's something new or something that sticks out, I'll definitely make a note of it, at least in my head, you know, for future trips. But it's like we're going out every other day or several days in a row. So it's not like we went last month and forgot what, you know, like it's it's always fresh in our mind because mm-hmm. we're fishing so much. Makes sense. Um, this is from uh, Captain Chase Morefish. Is there any way to reliably predict island current direction or speed for coastal or that matter? Tide, swell, wind, ETC. Not that I know for current, and it's mm-hmm. always random. I feel like. I mean, on the on the coast, you can get large areas that have similar current direction, like miles. But you could fish at Catalina and move three hundred yards, and the current could be going the opposite direction, and like stiff current it's like yeah it's kind of mind-blowing um so now you know our best method is get out there and put time on put, the water well yeah. just peek yeah, your head over like, the side and see which way the current's going <laughs> go, go pee pee and see which and that may, <laughs> that may dictate whether we stay or leave yeah or, or if the current's going a certain direction we may go and check the spots where we know that current lines up right for our fishing but a lot of times it's you know going straight downhill and you're like hell yeah and you haul ass to where you know it fishes good and it's slack or it's uphill or something you know <laughs> yeah. it's just like <laughs> how many times have you taken notes okay say on a spot and come back to that next year and you're like shit everything matches the same does it all work the same that way again no, no. changes if, something changes depends if the fish are there or not yeah every year's just different like you'll see some some years it's it's just some zones are better than others. And like, it, you'll, there's some zones that we fish now, like you haven't fished in years. They, they just weren't good or vice versa. Yeah. All right. Man, um, a lot of times our first couple trips over, um, we're just looking at how everything has changed. You know, kelp grows in, kelp dies. Um, 
spots that fished really good last year, even though the structure is still there, if there's no kelp, it's going to be tough to have uh, like several trips in a row where you catch them. You might catch them one day where they just have to be passing through um, and you could go back the next two, three days in a row with everything being the exact same and not, not even get a sniff. So, uh, you know, every year we're going, taking notes, readjusting where we want to, our boat to sit and making new waypoints and that kind of it's stuff. It's like, there's not really an easy way around at them doing it and <laughs> figuring out that's for all, white sea bass. You that's know the hardest like, thing. You know, when I first started fishing these things on my dad's boat, you know, we would fish Catalina all the time and we did not know what we were doing didn't really have anyone helping us out and uh it's very like overwhelming it's a daunting task you know but the only solution is going out there and doing it or you know getting a buddy or coming with us a couple times to kind of you know take that learning curve and sharpen it up a little bit for you makes sense yeah that's another big thing is i think going out with a a captain or a sport boat is going to help you fast forward like i told everyone i'm the slutty fisherman girl i get to talk all these guys <laughs> and be the slut and learn all the information so like people go oh you're not fishing as much a lot a lot of people go so you probably don't get that experience i'm like yeah but my fishing probably skipped like six years from all the guys i have on that tell me mm-hmm. stuff to do so 100%. it's like worth it like it's huge. in the beginning it was like the whole thing was just me getting the knowledge and going oh you know and even have friends that i fish start fishing with they're like fuck dude how did you figure that out? I'm like, fucking sucking everyone's dick. <laughs> Someone <laughs> told me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, getting these guys or, or even going out, guys, and getting a captain or the bite is going to help you just, you know, a ton. Just learn those little things, you know. You get to watch some guys that are the pros at it, you know. Right. Um, this is a good question. This is from Richard. I think it's Pusateri. Uh, have you all experienced any correlation between white sea bass not biting and boats? Not being bonded. I think electrically bonded. Uh, I've heard of boats not getting bit on the ocean be- uh, ocean sound because of the stray electrical currents. You guys heard anything about that? I've never heard of it. I don't, I'm, our boats aren't affected by it, at least. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. one thing kind of that makes me think about that is the, um, the sonar. I don't know if you've experienced that. Like... Some guys yeah, turn the sonar like, off because they don't like the the waves going into the water. Like, oh, the fish are here. Turn the sonar off. Like, I've never experienced it, but I've heard of it. Now you're getting into freshwater talk, guys. Nah. Mine, mine, <laughs> you are. Mine's on all the time, so I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Like Mike Gilbert from Working Class Zero thinks that he, by having that sonar and pinging, he turns off his fish finders after he finds a spot. But then you got guys back east that are doing the, the – uh, Live scope, mm-hmm. like the Ben Millikens and these big, and they mm-hmm. have no problem. They're going at it, you know? I think it's two different things there, though, you know? Gilbert's fishing a lake that's highly pressured. Exactly. Those that was the argument. that old. Yeah. They've, you know, I know it. like, we used to, Matt and I used to fish Laguna Niguel when you could rent boats, and you would see it as you're driving along, fish squirting out. Whereas if you just killed the motor and just kind of drifted along and maybe turn it on just for a second you know you wouldn't flush all those fish out that you were going for but as far as the ocean fish i don't i don't think it would hurt if you turned your fish finder off but uh i certainly like to watch it and tell the guys <laughs> yeah, we're marking fish let's go you know watching them eat the jigs yeah. and stuff it's it's that's fun for me um 
but our fish are so uh, migratory. I don't, I don't know that they get that like beat into their head like a, you know, a trophy largemouth that's been in a lake for twenty True. years or something like that. Yeah. Um, I guess this would go for all three of you. Uh, what does a SoCal fishery look like in ten years? Your guys' prediction. That's a pretty good question. That is a good question. It's like impossible. To- <laughs> yeah, because I mean, from ten years to now, it's been on the up and up, right? Yeah, it's yeah. definitely just all really the good. cycle. Yeah. It just depends on the cycle, really. I feel like. What do they think the cycle is? Like how many years? Like for El Nino, La Nina. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. The fifty years or hundred years or what is it? Uh, no, it's. I not thought bad. El Nino is like, like every ten to fifteen or something. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't seen it change really from the last one, right? I mean, but before it would dip out quicker. Yeah, I mean, the water is definitely trying to get back to normal. It mm-hmm. seems like in the summer it's still real warm, but in the winters, um, the last couple of years, the water's dipped below 60, which it didn't on the heels of the El Nino. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure we're still feeling the effects of the El Nino anymore. I think the fish just are here and they like what they see. And, yeah. you know, they're really just trying to do you know, they're just trying to eat and reproduce and not get eaten. That's it. And yeah. so whatever the easiest is for them, if they have to swim all the way back to Japan or do you just go down to Mexico and come right back up, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Yeah. Um, this one says, any advice for angler fishing out of San Diego besides going to San Clemente Island or up north? So it sounds like they're saying, can you guys do what you do in San Diego? For sea bass? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely can. Yeah. It's just a matter of putting in time for it. Are you looking, so maybe to help them, like, what what do you like to look for when you're looking for a spot? It's probably mostly all kelp kelp associated now. I mean, there's not much squid stuff down there. There can be. I mean, like, there's a couple little nests last year that popped up and they had good fish on it. But uh, I, don't, I if you, like, legit want to catch one in San Diego, it would probably be just soaking mackerels in the kelp for however long until you catch one (laughs) spending lots of time yeah you know i know there's a lot of good um fishing down below the border that gets overlooked a lot uh and i'm sure there's plenty of white sea bass to be caught down there um but yeah san diego's got i mean la jolla is there's it's just a one of a kind place you know Mm -hmm. it's always going to hold sea bass yellows calicos shoot i mean they're catching dorado and, (laughs) and tuna right outside the kelp this year so um if that was, you know, if you want to catch one in that's what you would be doing. Port, right I there. would be learning that area and grinding it up, and you know, you'll you'll find the areas that are good to you, and just spend time. Nice. Um, we'll go to each one of you. Maybe give us two people because they ask who's the white sea bass king. <laughs> so you tell me two people you think that are the best white Definitely sea bass. Definitely them two. These two, yeah, <laughs> like not I'm your a- fucking boss, not Brandon. No, fuck oh, Brandon. I, 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 <laughs> hey, looks like you're getting fucking fired now, motherfucker. I, I thought you meant like the people that are sitting here. No, but. I'm saying I, people you could think of. Oh, so you know, of course, you're possibly oh, who else okay. would you? Not, not out of us. Yeah, okay. not out of you, or maybe out of you. If you think that Wes is the big dicker, then he can be it. <laughs> I don't know. You guys would know more than me about that. Who do you think? Maybe because maybe take a guy that you look from SoCal, like from down here. Maybe take a guy from Ventura. Dude, the the guy I used to work for forever, and I still talk to all the time. Jesse Martinez. He he's like the kind of guy. He does, he's super low key. He doesn't he doesn't have an Instagram. Doesn't post anything. Doesn't he? He doesn't. He wouldn't even post fish counts half the time. But when 
the all the that good sea bass year was going up on up there he was he was dominating him and sean stewart was really good too obviously like we're super good friends with them um but there was a lot of days jesse was completely on his own thing off the, off the grid like just doing his own thing radios off and he'd be wrecking every day yeah he for sure was the one up there for sure like hands down yeah what uh for you know kind of my footprint uh alan obviously you know he's mm -hmm. og there and then there's a couple guys that we talk to that probably don't want to spring their name up but, yeah uh, <laughs> are really really hard, let's do it really <laughs> hardcore uh the wizards private boaters <laughs> and um you know don't have any interest in being in the Line charter up. game or whatever but uh have helped me out a lot and i would put them up you know pound for pound against anyone brandon uh, it's not fun to fish against him <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's definitely up there as well i've learned a ton um this is a hard one what are we kind of talked about this but what are your ideal conditions for uh fishing along the coast mm. that's gonna be wes's move mm-hmm some i mean you can catch them in right now like in the way that it's set up but for us uh it doesn't it's not really consistent enough to to go do that um but yeah a nice nice thick full kelp line uh good current going down into that kelp line um and lots of bait if you pull in and you're you know doing your circle or just checking the kelp and there's bait flipping and birds diving that's you're, that's a really good sign that there's going to be fish holding that uh, that area, um, and you know the the water color isn't as important as it is over at the island, but a little off color. You know if it's super gingin clear, um, even those big ones seem to like to in the shallower water seem to like to hide and wait for the, the current to color up the water a little bit before they go out exploring. All right. Um, uh, this is a weird, I'm not even gonna ask this one. <laughs> What's your favorite island to fish, including uh, the bite, including the bite and the channel islands? I'm not sure, maybe he messed up the bite. No, SoCal bite. Your favorite, your favorite uh, island to fish, yeah. You know, the bite is like the curvature of the coast. Oh, okay, they call that the bite. That's, That's the right. island, though. No, in the bite. So Clemente, yeah, Cal Cal okay. Yeah. So what are your favorite three, or what are your favorite from all three captains? Sorry, mine's Santa Cruz for sure. Catalina for me. Mm, Get that mic closer. It's hard. I don't know. Probably Catalina because it's super challenging. It's the hardest of the three. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Santa Cruz it would be just as difficult if that was your job to go catch sea bass every day. Uh, but my nemesis is it's <laughs> <laughs> a love-hate relationship with that island. i just like santa cruz obviously because that's where i grew up but you just see a lot of different styles like the fish up there act so much differently or so much more different than they do at catalina it's just it's a completely different world okay it's, it's a huge island too so it's it's cool that's that's my favorite for sure. <laughs> one, one of the first times i fished santa cruz we were watching sea bass suck red crabs off the surface with their eyeballs and <laughs> just basically cast at that and you took one. When was that like five years ago? 2019. Yeah. yeah. Two years. It was for two years. Three yeah. or four years ago. But 
I've never seen anything like that. It kind of that was when they were having red beta deck a motherfucker. <laughs> Daniel from Redemption, I had him on. He was making a shitload of red flukes or some shit for him. I forgot yeah, what it was. They worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one is how has the white sea bass fishery changed over the last decade, and how could the new up and coming generations learn from the mistakes? I mean, over a decade, it probably it peaked at the beginning of the last, the, la the first portion of that, and then started falling as El Nino is growing. And uh, as El Nino leaves us, I mean, we're out of it, but it's slowly coming back up, mm -hmm. like a little, little dip. It's definitely getting better, I feel like. There's not much you can do, or mis there's no mistakes, really, because it's just the... I think one takeaway would be, like, when I first started fishing white sea bass, that was, like, when the squid was everywhere, and that was, like, how you caught them, to go sit in the deep water with their squid, and hopefully one swims by and you get it, or more, whatever. But if you just took that and went and tried to fish now, you wouldn't hardly yeah. catch anything, at least you know, in our Southern California sector. Um, so take what you learned from the year before and try to apply that in a, methods that are going to be effective, you know, this year. Nothing okay. is ever exactly the same, unfortunately. You know, when I first started, <laughs> there was a little bit of squid fish left. We were catching a lot of big ones on the beach. And I think, I don't even think I caught a fish on the coast last year. Shit. We didn't even try. Yeah. Because it's just not there. It's not as fruitful. I know there's fish caught and friends that have, you know, their own boats that have caught caught fish on the coast. But for our purposes, we need like to catch between three and 12 fish a day. And if I can only go catch one, but it's going to be a good one or I can go over and guys can catch calico bass and all sorts of different things. And we still have a shot to get a boat limit. That's where we're going to go. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, this one's, what's the best way to find your own squid nest when the candy is hard to find? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> gotta go look around yeah. <laughs> it's another one of those just go you know yeah um, birds seals rafting the mm -hmm. one time a seal will ever help you in fishing mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> and it's good to just go back where you've caught them in the past um that's that seems like pretty self-explanatory you'd think yeah. <laughs> well no i mean it's you, you're you're gonna have to just go fucking do it right? yeah i mean, I mean it's, find a lifeboat <laughs> <laughs> um do you guys believe in the three days prior uh three days after full moon deal they said yeah yeah I mean, those are good it's a prime. good time to go yeah okay. yeah just like you said earlier those six days or whenever the would those be those six days you'd want to go yeah you i mean you before leading up to and coming off the tail end is always a good time to go whether it be the full moon or the new moon um but like i said Last year, it certainly seemed like the fish liked the new moon, um, but years prior was the the new moon. Or last year was full moon, and then the years prior was it was new moon. So okay. you can't just like take it as 
hard truth, you know. Yeah. Every year is going to be a little different. It says, other than Brandon, have any clients flown into the water during a trip? <laughs> yeah, I had two and. <laughs> No back, way. Almost back-to-back trips last year. <laughs> the only two I've ever had. That's scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. Grabbing a fighting fish? Uh, one was, yeah. It was this guy named... Uh, I wouldn't I, say, I say his name. name. <laughs> we one, of our, one of our regular clients. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one was crazy, actually. it was. We had I only had two guys on the boat. We had a double. It was a yellow yellowtail on one and a soup fin shark on the other. Oh, fuck. The soup fin shark was at the surface, so I was trying to deal with it, trying to get, like, guy wanted his hook back, whatever. Um, and the other guy was coming around the top, trying to go over and go to the bow, and uh, following his yellow tail, just following his line. And uh, he's like, I gotta go over. I was like, all right, do you need help? And uh, he, he comes with us a, a bunch. So, yeah. so he's like, all right, he's like, no, I'm good. Sure enough, I turn my back, and he just goes to take a step and just ends up in the water. Oh, like two feet away from the shark that I'm dealing with. <laughs> so now I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, keep a shark. yeah, within like two seconds, I got this guy in the water and uh, the shark. And I was like, what just happened? Like so quick. And the first thing he does is just shoots up and he hands me his rod. And like, I just grabbed his rod and I was like, this is not good. Like I'm holding this guy's yellow tail. He's in the water with yeah. this thing. Luckily the shark just broke off right there. It just broke off and swam away. It was fine. Thank um, God, shit. But, <laughs> so we got him back in. He ended up catching, he, he landed his yellow tail. <laughs> Have you had people fall off? Just me. Just you? <laughs> <laughs> it's never happened to me, but whenever someone asks me, I always think about the story Brandon told me. You know that one, right? Um, he was like sitting in the wheelhouse, or wheelhouse, the chair, and I guess he had like a kid come up and ask him, like, hey, can I climb up to the tower? And Brandon said he like climbed up there and he looks over out the window in the cabin and sees the kid just fly off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Oh man. Can't trust those little turds, dude. Fucking kids, dude. Um let's see, what is the cra- craziest or most unusual thing you've noticed sea bass doing or biting? When they're biting, I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. followers like really? free swimmers like swimming around that one we had a gnarly trip when i first started with bite um i like did a ride along type of thing deckhand type of thing for wes mm-hmm. we had like a crazy wide open bite last year and i remember there was like free swimmers and i think there was even one like trying to boil on a You're calico a in the cow- stern yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was wild Fuck. don't worry we got that one for you <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, what pound floor are you guys using to get bites on various rigs? Uh, the Danielson float rig, leadhead rig, dropper loop. <laughs> I'm such an advocate of heavy line, dude. Yeah. Are you Me really? Both yeah. you guys? Like, yeah. What are you using? Minimum 40. Really? Yeah. Never. I've only been never tie on anything less than 50. Wow. 50 to 80 for Jake's sure. Jake's like freaking heavy only i remember we were on were the, you like what the fuck when he told you that yeah kind of <laughs> but i was on my boat before i started with bite and jake was anchored up next to us and our buddy austin he always always fishes like 30 pound and jake's like austin better not have 30 pound like 80 minimum and he had 80 or 30 pound on and caught one but jake's always giving him shit for th- fishing light line for what we do we ha- kind of have to fish heavy line that's why i mean it, we caught you don't, don't want to lose them either for your clients yeah we're saying. in structure too like yeah. that's the thing i mean you can get away with it. you're fishing a squid nest whatever that's fine i mean why set yourself up failure anyways but mm-hmm. um we had multiple over 60 pounds last year and all those were caught inside the kelp like you 
If you're fishing light line, you're going to lose them. And they're not line shy. They're yeah. not line I shy at all. Fish is as heavy as you can get away with. Yeah. That's my goal. All right. Uh, what other bodies of water can one find white sea bass exclusive on the Pacific Ocean? Nowhere. No, that's it. Just SoCal. There's yeah. other fish that are similar across the world, but yeah, white sea bass are. Same thing with the calico. It's the same shit, right? Yeah. yeah I guess similar. you could say uh, Sea of Cortez, but that's still the Pacific, I guess. Sort of, yeah. yeah but yeah, of. no, it's it's definitely a west coast of the uh, United States and, and Mexico thing. All right. Uh, being raised in and around fishing, what tips would you give a dad who wants his three or five-year-old to learn and to love and grow up in sport fishing? Candy. Chips and candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything that can. <laughs> Anything, whatever Fred said best, dude, it worked good. <laughs> I think taking them out, like, on half-day yeah, half day trips, small, especially out of Dana Point. Dude, really I was going to say right here, go on the Sun Fun, yeah. and you'll, he'll be fucking happy, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan's the fucking Willie best, a great job, yeah. yeah. I think freshwater, too. That's what... Like, you started freshwater, I started hey, freshwater. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know how fucking hard it is to get bit in freshwater now? Yeah. Like just, I mean, trout fishing. You need to go, like, a trout yeah. stock yeah. or something. True. But, yeah, there's there's not much more fun than, like, a wide-open 12-inch calico bite yeah. on an yeah. anchovy <laughs> or something, you know? Dude, even we, I took my son out and his friend, uh, mackerel, just all day. Mm-hmm. They are fucking thought, you know, you give him a light rod, they thought it was something or big. Or bonita, cat. Yeah. I mean, exactly. when, I, when I was growing up, my dad would give us like a Sabiki Lucky Joe with a chrome torpedo sinker with a, a treble hook on the bottom of it and drop it down and catch like, you know, dog sharks and skin rays. And just like, it was just like so much fun because it was active and you're catching fish. Active. Yeah. I think that's Anything a big thing is active. Big, mm-hmm. big um, why does Kathy catch so many fish? And can I fish with her? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> uh, she goes. She's she goes really, really good lot. angler, but she fishes a lot too. Yeah. She's on the water a lot. Nice. Um, this is a good one. What would your dream skiff be for Southern California? Mm-hmm. Mm, probably a lot of different ones. I don't know. Mine would be like some sort of pilot house walk around. Like something with a pilot house, but with the walk around, like something that rides good, like a Anderson or a Farallon or something like that, but something that you can get to the bow to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved our maritime skiff. That was maritime was cool. Yeah. It's not really like a great boat for charter fishing with four people, but that is a cool one. If you just you and your bud, it's got a cabin full walk around. It's a whaler designed hole. The guy that designed whaler designed those holes. So mm-hmm. It's seaworthy, was very comfortable, and fished excellent. I, mm-hmm. I loved that boat. It just, you know, to take four people plus the, the captain, it just wasn't, it's not exactly the right boat for us. But yeah. And that boat would have been perfect. You could. You that know, would be the boat you'd have if you were just fishing with the buddy, and that's it. Something like that. Okay. Maybe as we get, as I get older, I'd want a little more space, a little more of a pilot house, but something that, you know, under 30 foot that gets decent fuel economy and can probably go over 20 knots you know mm-hmm. you don't want to be going mm-hmm. slow everywhere um that you know one of those what is it the Farallon. is that what curtis has yeah mm-hmm. yeah those, those are really are nice cool. boats yeah okay do you guys know who hb pure epics is Mm-mm. he said why are sea bass gay mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of your guys but <laughs> Uh, how many fish do you guys lose to customers swinging to set the hook? Uh, fuck them with their drag. <laughs> a lot. A lot. 
What's the biggest thing customers? What, what is the biggest things customers do that make them lose a fish? Mess with the drag. Mm, yeah. yeah. And you know these new star drag reels for whatever reason, like if you're not if you haven't caught big fish before that take line, like a lot of people will hook into one and they just endlessly turn the handle. And if the fish is taking line, it's running away from you, and you're turning the handle, you're actually backing the drag washer off. Mm-hmm. And so, me coming into it, like I've, once the fish is hooked up, and it's kind of hard to adjust the drag properly. Um, at that, you know, once it's uh, been backed off, you don't know how tight or how loose you can go. So we're just kind of like winging it, hoping that it's not going to break the line. But <laughs> on the star uh, drag reel, on the star, star drag, drag reels, okay. yeah. So, so you're not a big fan of them. I love them, but okay. you just have to know how to use them okay. just like any other tool, okay. you know, um, that, or just customers coming on the boat and thinking that their drag is too tight. Cause we fish pretty tight drags for mm-hmm. the line that we're fishing and you know, we're not babysitting. So if they back it off, they hook, they either hook one or they get one and it, it never really gets hooked cause the, the drag was never set. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's that's one of the most frustrating ones yeah, for me. I remember one of my first couple trips, like I think I ran like two or three trips before we caught one, and then one of the trips we hooked one, and I I watched his rod get bit. It was just doom, and then he just full on largemouth swim bait <laughs> <laughs> and just ripped it out of ripped oh, it right out of the shit. mouth, and that, I was so bummed. But I've seen it. I don't know. My first couple of trips, I saw a couple of guys like, rip it out of their mouth, but I don't know. Some people swing for them. What? You don't well, I set the hook. Like hard? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know. That's why he's the master. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's your goat. I always get scared I'm of like, ripping I'm him. Ripping channeling him. my inner neck. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many, let's see, uh, what are some of the various rigs in your arsenal? And how do you decide which, which and to use and when? So maybe like give two different rod reel setups you guys use. I hope they're the ones I use. <laughs> Uh, I think the best, like the most versatile setup is like a seven and a half or eight foot rod that's got some bend in it. You know, you don't want like a tuna rod that's just stiffer than shit. Um, Paired up with uh, like a Torium 20 or Trinidad or whatever manufacturer that you like in that size. Um, And you can pretty much do everything we do with that. So you could have one setup for you guys and it'd be pretty good. I mean, if you're fishing on your own boat, where you want to have multiple rods out, you're going to need other setups like a drop. It's probably good to have a drop loop setup, mm-hmm. another fixed rod, like a get some head. Um, but if you're coming out with us, we're going to have kind of the boat rods that are community rods. And the one that if you were just going to bring one rod with you, I think that would be perfect. And you, yeah, definitely. you could fish that. And the only other thing I would say is bring like a, like a lighter one. So one that's like a medium heavy action rod. And then maybe like a 14 size reel, a little bit smaller in case we're in shallow fishing with like a quarter ounce slider. So you want a little bit smaller spool to make, you better. know, make sure you can get a better cast. Cause you, do you guys have that a, squid do you have is a, like, not, it doesn't weigh nothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you have a rod you like to use? Any, you could say rod, no matter. I mean, like, we have all Phoenix stuff on the boat. There you go. That's what I was trying to fucking get at. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. <laughs> and they're great. You know, we, we catch, we, we use our same quiver for sea bass as we do for small tunas and kelp fish. And it all kind of plays the same. So okay. you wouldn't need like a devoted 
set of rods to fish the island and a devoted set of rods to fish offshore they can kind of they can go back and forth perfect same same thing we all fish similar stuff okay like and I, I like the older glass glass rods but for what we do like at the island and like making tons of casts every day um a lighter like the the composite like the phoenix and set up with like a, a torium or a trinidad 16 or 20 um spectras it's great for what we do it's perfect same. Same. Yeah, same. All right. Great answer, me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they already they, they said it all for me. Um, this not, is the not, great one. Not your uh, bait caster that you fish. My RTD two. No. <laughs> <laughs> My gay RTD two. That one is okay, but the, little, the like smaller the ones. Yeah. I don't. I don't like the tranks. I use the uh, Lexa, or I'll use the uh, Tatula, the new one, the three hundred. Yeah, I mean that's too small. They're though. great reels, yeah. but for what we're using, if you hook into what Open we're actually face. out there for, you're you're gonna yeah be bummed. Be yeah. Question for cast and crank: You got to marry one, kill one, and have a beer with one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to kill Vinny right off the bat because I'm pretty sure Fred be bummed. It depends if be bummed about all of you. Yeah. But I know Wes longer and, and Jake's Fred's so until I'm gonna say Jake's pretty cute. I guess I'll marry Jake. <laughs> Oh, beer is Wes. Yeah, you'd be having a Arnold Palmer with Jake. Anyway. Yeah. Um, when you catch a personal best white sea bass, what is the best way to take the picture? This is for you guys, not your clients. Hmm. So, you oh, you mean like where do I want to be? They're pretty much saying don't take the fucking picture and <laughs> the spot you're at. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely no try to, to get the background yeah. out of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It depends on how big your PB is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, out of all the fish you guys catch, which one is your favorite and why? Oh, sea bass. Sea bass. All of you guys sea bass? Mine's swords. Uh, mine's probably tuna. Tuna? I like sea bass a lot. Yeah. And I like sword a lot, but I like tuna. Tuna's your deal. Okay. Uh, ooh, this is a good one. If you guys were uh, only given one week to catch a sea bass... What month would you want to be in, and what conditions would you look for? Depends where yeah, for depends condition. Where. <laughs> or condition. Actually, it depends where for everything. Yeah. I think June. June's a good all around. June's bed. a good. Okay. June's a good time to go, uh, especially if you go in the back half of the month. You could catch more than one. Um, but if you're looking for like a real, real big one, uh, I would say earlier, mm-hmm. earlier in the year. But you're gonna. Uh, have to work. <laughs> you have to work for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is. I mean, some of these are repetitive. I feel like you kind of answered this. If you guys could add something to it, that'd be great. For the guys that bite sports fishing, you guys know everything from white sea bass to big tuna to swordfish. What are uh, certain predictors that really get the white sea bass going and riled up besides live squid? Moon current, underground structure, like that. Hooked fish. Current, yeah. Current. Hook, hook one, definitely. Really? Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest one, besides conditions. But when you actually hook one, it gets all the other ones fired up. Really? Yeah, they mm. play on each other. Especially, it seems like, on the structure spots yeah, more definitely. than like the squid nest mm-hmm. spots. Um, but, yeah, you, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> the first one's the hardest. Yeah. Usually, if you can hook one, you're probably going to have a shot, another shot at another one. And when there's like a... I don't know if you could say biomass, but like a volume, like when they're spawning, like and they're all 
yeah, when they're ball, like channel on stuff, when you see them in a school, like a lot of like the sight fishing stuff, if you can hook one, it's going to fire them up. Okay. Um, yeah. For all the captains, what do you look for conditions wise when sea bass get shallow? So maybe when you're fishing up shallow, it's same thing, current, kelp line color. stuff. Color. Yeah, color. I think okay. color is more important mm-hmm. in the shallow water. You only right. even have current a lot of times on the spots that you fish shallow. There could be current on the outside on the kelp line, but once you go inside it, like actually fish on the beach or whatever, there could be zero current in there, but they'll be sitting in there because the water's colored. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> For a winter sea bass, do you guys like to fish squid beds or structure? Yeah. Could be both. Yeah, it could be both. Yeah, that's a more structure. I love to fish squid nests <laughs> <laughs> all times of year, but yeah, we we haven't had really. Yeah, I think I've caught one sea bass on squid in the colder months. Um, so m- most of what we do, especially here in like below the channel islands is all structure fishing. Okay. Um, winter, Jake. winter, spring, summer structure. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, what's your favorite way to consume calico bass? Oh dude, for sure. With Eight. a fork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's Curtis. Our large mouth, your dad's. <laughs> <laughs> no, Curtis makes it, it. He always brings it on his trip. Like we had it when we were tuna fishing. We were like 80 miles out, and he was he whips out a calico bass that he caught the day before and starts cutting it. And we ate it like ceviche style on a tostada, some Valentinas. <laughs> so Dude, good. that was the best I've ever had. So good, huh? <laughs> By far. Um, Dang. So good. <laughs> like, I want some. Sounds good. <laughs> What's the best way to land a white sea bass without a gaff or a net? Oh, God. That's, <laughs> we, we had a trip. Ricky came with That's us. That's who it yeah. is. That's Ricky. And someone stole the gaff on the boat or it fell off. Uh-huh. And we were at Rosa. And we had three fish limits for five guys. And we caught every single one without a gaff. How were you getting them in? Just on the swim step of the 23. <laughs> it was just like rolling them onto the swim step or like gill them. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that was fun. I mean, clean meat, no gaff, gaff shots. <laughs> uh, this is for you, Vinny. Uh, are you allowed to catch boiling Dorado if the bluefin aren't biting? Oh, God. That was a, what happened? No, nothing. It was just a day the bluefin weren't biting, and we stumbled upon a Shit shitload load. of Dorado. Really? Caught a bunch. Yeah, Fuck fun. yeah. So um, I guess the answer is yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> depending, depending on the people. Obviously, some yeah. people only want bluefin, and then... I don't know. I mean, if people... they know when they book a trip, you kind of know what they will fucking want already, though, right? Well, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Everybody wants what they want until they, <laughs> yeah, until they don't have it. <laughs> until they don't have it, <laughs> and it's like to take I'll take any kind of yeah. fucking fish. Yeah. How many times do you get rock fishing? We go rock fishing. Yeah, yeah you will. If they want it. We'll if go. they're like, "Fuck, we're not getting bit. Let's rock fish." Yeah, or maybe like mix it up, fish hard in the morning, and then do a couple drifts and get some taco meat, and then slide. Now they in. close it right till April. Darn, that's pretty <laughs> fucked, huh? <laughs> You don't give a shit? It's going to be different for sport boats, for sure. Yeah, right. And my calicos are going to be all gone. (laughs) 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 What's your favorite setup to fly line scallops? 130 (laughs) 130 pound floral. You guys are... We have two more left. Can you believe we did all of them? Well, we've already been through all of them. Yeah. What's the best... uh, What's the best setup to snag a white sea bass on a squid jig? (laughs) (laughs) That's from Luke. 
I've never around. landed one on it. I've actually <laughs> seen that that happen though. Like they they'll eat the squid <laughs> off the snagger while you're trying to snag. I mean, that happened, you'll hook them for a second. That happened at Channel Islands this year. I think Sam was telling me yeah, they I've were snagging squid and then they're just doo, 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 and then it was like a ripper on big ones. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one says, uh, "Would you say the population of white sea bass improved since the past decade? And how about the fishing interest? Uh, fishing interest for white sea bass? You've seen that all go up." Uh, up and down. I feel yeah. like, I mean, with El Nino, it kind of got forgotten about and also got tougher. But, like the peak years, like 2011 for, to, through 2014, whatever, like when there was a lot of squid stuff, that's when it was, you'd see 80 boats parked on a squid nest on the beach for sure. And there was huge, like high, super high interest then. And there was nothing else to catch. Then, yeah, too. there's nothing else to catch. And it no depends option. on if like people are posting shit on Instagram. It's yeah. Like, it's going to get real popular, right? Yeah. We'll see if we ever get another squid year like that with the surge in popularity and social media and all that stuff dude i'm sure i even feel like i'm not gonna hear from a lot of people no No, because i feel like even with fishing period like everything just getting more pressured everything Mm -hmm. like there would be times like four years ago where i could spotty fish and it'd be like i'll catch 30 or 40 now it's like seven six cool it's like, I don't know, just I think popularity of people being able, And I think Damn with podcast. fucking, it's this fucking <laughs> podcast, yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, I think it's it'll change because of the fucking whole pandemic and uh, people have money or not having to work and having money, they just come fish and other shit's going to be gone, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see I mean, I think it's great. It's, it's great that it's popular and it's good for us and it's good for the industry, but um, there's definitely some growing pains that come along with that, you know. Just, I don't feel like a lot of people are trying to do any private charters anymore as much, you know. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty saturated. I, Is it really uh, more saturated? Uh, oh, it's crazy. Oh shit! Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, when the bluefin swims away, what what the landscape looks no more, like. Yeah. No more offer up charters. I seen <laughs> one dude. I was like, this fucking dude was annihilated in this boat. It was on. I think like fucking qualified captain. The guy. I'm oh like, really? I saw the guy at the fucking paint bars, dude. <laughs> A fucking wave came, and I thought they were going to go on top of the Bay Parks. <laughs> fucking next to uh, the Victory. It's fucking wild, dude. What was it? It was a big-ass fucking, looked like a tugboat. It looked weird. The blue <laughs> one, I guarantee you fucking seen it. Probably, yeah. Legal charters, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little sword fishing, because people love that. <laughs> so, how uh, how'd you guys do last year? Last year was good. This past season that we had was pretty tough. Was it? Yeah, comparatively speaking. Have? We got eight for the company. Oh, that's not bad. What was the sizes on them? It was a better grade big. this year. Yeah, yeah, they're good ones. I don't know what the biggest one was. I caught a big one early season. We didn't have a scale. It was out of Long Beach, so there, there was no scale up there. But it, I don't know if we even caught any under 200. Like yeah. we, we had have you been able to, to track them a little more and stuff? Like to actually, um, you know, I know that was a topic before. It's like they're hard to kind of like figure out. Have you learned more this year about them? Have you found out a couple of things where you're like, oh, shit, okay. I get that. Last year, I feel like was a big learning curve, and we put a lot of the pieces together last year. But we were also seeing a lot more results last year just because there was more fish around. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never really can track them the same. You just you you recognize a lot of stuff like moon phases and tides and all that, and you put the pieces together um, based off like what you did last year. Like last year, we went through a whole. I went through all my notes and all pictures and looked at times and how they correlated with tides and everything. And you apply it to this year, and uh, that's pretty much all you can do for those things but you can't see them so <laughs> you just put the pieces together and position the boat where you think is the best possible spot 
Do you guys ever talk to the guys like in Texas or they, they do in Texas, right? Yeah. In Florida, in right, Florida, too, as well? Florida, the Gulf. I've done Is it. Is there any comparisons that you guys can kind of go? <laughs> Similar. <laughs> it, they just have way more out there. Really? They that's why. Differently too. Yeah. It's way easier. Way it's easier. easier. <laughs> It's ridiculous, yeah, honestly. You can yeah. hook like five in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, really? Yeah. Like like going on, like if we're going sword fishing, it's going to be our day. You know, like yeah. we're playing it. You in other places in the world, else. they'll like, yeah, we'll do like a couple drops on the way out to go fish tuna. And they'll catch them. And they'll get one or two. Fuck. Yeah. And they only fish with one rod. When did they start popping up here? They've, They've always been here. When did they really start catching them? 2019. Was it? Yeah. Like on the buoy stuff? I don't, yeah. I mean, on the deep drop stuff? Yeah, deep um, drop up. Yeah. 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 So, but it became more popular in since 2019 where people were targeting them more. 2019 was like when all the wreck stuff like really blossomed, well, I feel like. Yeah. What happened is that they banned the offshore drift gill nets. Okay. And that's how the guys fish swordfish a lot in the, in the fall. <laughs> and uh, because they did that, they are taking away livelihood of these commercial fishermen. So they were looking for an alternative method. So the scientists tagged a bunch of fish and with these uh, satellite pop-up tags. So whenever the fish came up to the surface, they'd get all the information and get it back to their computers. And they figured out what depth that they spend most of their time in. And then they sent some commercial guys out to go test the theory and they started catching them. And that's basically how, what spawned the recreational side of it. Cause now oh, okay. we know, exactly where well not exactly where well you know an idea exactly yeah. you have a good idea of where the fish are going to be throughout yeah. the day and so once the commercial guys started catching them pretty regularly then the sport fishing guys kind of modified the methods that they're using mm -hmm. that we that we can use and that pretty much happened like in 2019 and that's why it's so new to everyone like learning still because it hasn't really been around that long here at least right like there's been I'm sure tons of guys that have tried, but if you took the blueprint from like Florida or the Gulf and tried to apply it here, you probably won't catch anything because they're fishing either too deep or fishing different, um, a different way than what it takes to, to catch one out here. But now that we know where the fish spend their time, you can take what works in other places of the world and make some changes. And that's, you know, that first year that we did it, it was insane. There was fish everywhere. So anyone could go out of their local port and try their local canyon or drop off or whatever <laughs> and have a really good shot at catching one, you know? And since then it's been more difficult. Do you think that they, they're getting used to it? Like they understand like, Hey, don't fuck with this. You know, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're migratory. That's why you think. Yeah. More. Okay. The thing that's different out here versus the, the East coast or the Gulf, like why they, they fish them like a bottom fish out there. They don't really come to the surface like they do out here and uh they're way more concentrated out there like the east coast they just fish they just fish the ledge like that's, that's pretty much it yeah the gulf they fish um little hard bottom spots and stuff which is kind of similar to here but our playing field is so dramatically mm -hmm. bigger than theirs and uh like where they live like wes was talking about when they find that that often water range where they live during the day dude it it's insane like you can literally fish them anywhere it, it's yeah. crazy it's so spread out compared to yeah. what they have out there yeah, you got a bigger area to fish. Yeah. Right? And there's just so it's much endless. more structure. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Fuck, that's kind of wild. Pretty, pretty cool. daunting. Like one day, uh, <laughs> our other really our other guy, or our other captain, Dylan, he was like, oh, I'm going to go to this location. And I was like 60 miles away from him. 
we're both fishing swordfish 60 miles apart and we're like there could be a fish anywhere in between here so pretty well so much yeah it's a lot Uh those trips have got to be a fucking toll on you guys too as well right (laughs) yeah i like them yeah Yeah. that's your thing it's learning something new i guess right too so it's kind of something different yeah it's cool to see it evolve i mean every every fish and even every bite is a stepping stone for us since it's such a new fishery yeah and you're keeping notes on all that yourself yeah Mm -hmm. nice Look at you guys are so good. Keep your notebooks. Not Wes. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> um, let's wrap this thing up. Let's. Uh, um, we're gonna pick a winner uh, on Monday. This is gonna come out, so cool. we'll pick. I'll have I'll announce it on Monday. Let's uh, plug the the bite sport fishing where they can find you guys website, Instagram, and just talk about like some of the trips you do or something. Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram. We have a website, but it hasn't been updated in a while. Um, so the best <laughs> best way to co- get in contact with us is uh, through Instagram, and that's bite underscore sport fishing. Um, that's Brandon's uh, direct page, and uh, posts upcoming charter availability as well as open party trips on there. Um, and then my Instagram is one downer, and any trips that I'm running specifically that need, I'll advertise on there. And these guys will do the same on theirs, um, on their Instagrams. That's pretty much how we okay. operate now. The something happened with the website and we got locked out, so it hasn't been updated in a while. And pricing and trips and all that is not up to date. Okay. So Instagram's the best. Better way. just to get a hold on the on the bottom. or Maybe give us a call. Guys, yeah. What are your guys' Instagram handles? You can plug them. Mine's McMuckery M C M U C K E R Y. Why is it McMuckery? My old one I got logged out of, and I don't even know why I did this one. <laughs> it was like spur of the moment. <laughs> and then mine's Vinny Vernola underscore 08. Okay. Or 08. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on. appreciate it, as Thank always. You. I get my thanks. once a year with you guys. <laughs> so we'll do something cool. Maybe we'll get the guy that gets bit with us next time. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Seekus, dude, remember? His brother wanted to get bit, so he took him out because he knows how to get bit. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thanks again, Wes. Thank you for smiling so much for me. Thanks.